If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Today is November 7th, 2019. On this day in 1908, in the small town of San Vicente, Bolivia, a posse of cavalry officers exchanged fire with two American bandits. This is believed to be the last stand of notorious desperados, Robert Leroy Parker and Harry Longabaugh, also known as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're discussing the last stand of the American West's most well-known outlaws, Butch Cassidy, founder of The Wild Bunch, a loose collection of outlaw gangs, and the Sundance Kid, a talented gunslinger and associate of Cassidy's. Due to the violent nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Let's go back to the early morning of November 7th, a little after 2 a.m., when the night's peace was shattered by a cacophony of gunfire. The air was thick with the smell of gunpowder. Captain Justo P. Concha had not expected a battle that evening. He figured the bandits would turn tail and run, or give up as soon as they saw they were surrounded. Instead, they had dug in and opened fire from an adobe building. The sudden barrage had surprised the posse, which consisted of Concha, local inspector Timoteo Rios, and two of Concha's soldiers, One of the soldiers, a man named Victor Torres, had been killed outright. His body still lay by the entrance to the building. The rest of the group had exchanged fire with the outlaws for what felt like hours. Now they were at a standstill. The bandits, gringos, the locals had claimed, had suddenly gone silent once the shooting died down. Townspeople started to assemble by the building, making sure there were eyes on every entrance. Rumors had already started to circulate that these were the two men who had robbed a nearby silver mine. The minutes passed and the silence wore on. Concha and Rios had exchanged a glance, wondering if the gringos had run out of ammunition. They could still hear muffled sounds from inside the building. The outlaws were either alive and waiting for the moment to strike, or dying from their wounds. Concha was certain that the Mauser rifles his men carried would have punched through the adobe walls, but that was no confirmation they had hit their targets. He was not the sort of man who trusted luck to be on his side. And then, in the wee hours of the morning, they got their answer. Pained groans echoed from within the building. Then they became screams. Someone was in agony. 
At last, the screams were silenced by a pistol shot. Moments later, they heard another. The building fell silent and remained that way for the rest of the night. By the time the sun rose, Concha made the decision. They were going in. Concha went in first, followed by the surviving members of the posse. In the daylight, the building looked even more damaged than it had during the gunfight. Bullet holes lined the walls, and splashes of blood were visible inside. The two Americans lay within. Both were unshaven blondes. The shorter of the two lay stretched out on the floor. He had been killed by a single bullet to the temple and had another wound on his arm. The second man lay nearby, clutching a ceremonial jar he'd been using as a shield. He was far worse off than his companion, his arms completely riddled with bullet wounds. The fatal shot had passed through his forehead. Concha was no stranger to this sort of scenario. It seemed like the shorter of the two men had shot his companion between the eyes and then turned the gun on himself. Two mercy killings. The Bolivians lifted the two dead men and carried them outside. Concha searched the bodies and found what he had been looking for, the missing payroll for the Armayo silver mine. These were the two men who had robbed the coach four days earlier. Once their possessions were impounded, the two men were laid to rest in an unmarked grave in San Vicente. After a legendary career, two of the most notorious outlaws in the West were defeated by soldiers who didn't even know their names. Up next, we'll discuss Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids' storied lives and the many theories surrounding their last days. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate. Performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit Collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viori, V-U-O-R-I dot slash Spotify. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Now back to the story. San Vicente, Bolivia in the pre-dawn hours on November 7, 1908. Two gunshots came from within a building a Bolivian posse had surrounded. Later that morning, two bandits who had held up a silver mine a week earlier were found dead inside. As word of the gunfight spread to America, the press realized this was likely the final stand of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. The physical descriptions of the two men matched the notorious outlaws, who were both known to be living in South America at the time. 
But perhaps the most compelling piece of evidence is that there were no confirmed sightings of Butch Cassidy nor the Sundance Kid after this gunfight. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were among the most notorious pairs of outlaws in the Old West. Despite their towering reputation, they were not known to have killed anyone before the showdown at San Vicente. Cassidy, who was born Robert Leroy Parker on April 13, 1866, is most notorious for founding the second Wild Bunch Gang in 1899. This gang included Cassidy, William Ellsworth Lay, Will News Carver, Harvey Kid Curry Logan, Laura Bullion, and George Flatnose Curry. Harry Longabaugh was later invited to join the gang by Butch Cassidy, and he became known as the Sundance Kid. Together, the gang robbed banks, trains, stores, and ranches. Throughout, they were doggedly pursued by the Pinkertons, a private detective agency frequently hired by the railroad as enforcers. In early 1901, Parker, Longabaugh, and Longabaugh's girlfriend, Etta Place, fled to South America on board the ship Herminius. Once there, Parker and Longabaugh resumed the lifestyle they were accustomed to, robbing and stealing to get by. Their final heist took place on November 3rd, when they stole payroll from a silver mine near San Vicente, Bolivia. Locals in San Vicente sent word of two heavily armed foreigners renting rooms in their town, and soon a posse of soldiers descended on the two men. However, though two robbers were killed in this shootout, Many have maintained that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid survived and laid low for the rest of their lives. After all, no one who knew Parker and Longabaugh in America were there to identify the bodies. And there was a complete lack of hard evidence proving the two slain men were Butch and Sundance. Later eyewitness accounts make this a tantalizing theory. A former associate of the Wild Bunch claimed in 1960 that Butch Cassidy came to visit her in the 1920s after returning from South America. A similar story appeared in Annals of the Former World by John McPhee, who wrote about Cassidy visiting him in the 1930s. In this story, Cassidy claimed his facial appearance had been altered by a surgeon in Paris. Rumors of the Sundance Kid's survival persist as well. One of these rumors posits that he adopted the alias William Henry Long and moved to the small town of Duchesne, Utah. Friends and family of Long believed he was once part of an outlaw gang, but he never talked much about his past and died by suicide in 1936. Long's enigmatic past and the similar sound of William Henry Long and Harry Longabaugh sparked interest in Long's true identity in the years following his death. In 2008, Long's remains were exhumed and tested in comparison with some of Longabaugh's distant relatives. The results showed no relation. In 1991, 83 years after the shootout, Ann Meadows and Daniel Buck led an expedition to San Vicente to try and exhume the bones for DNA testing. 
They recovered a skull and some gold teeth at the site, purported to be the final resting place of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. However, testing of the bones also found no relation to known relatives of Parker or Longabaugh. The researchers suggested that over time, the unmarked burial site has been lost and that the bones they found were unrelated to the 1908 shootout. For the time being, the investigation seems to have reached a dead end. Like many outlaws of their era, all that remains of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is their legend. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Joel Stein, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Teamstra. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson.